Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. And for those that are new here, I'm glad to have you along. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you all about the rites of passage. That kind of actually sounds maybe a little bit boring. So really, I'm going to be exploring the importance of the seasons, the seasons of our lives, the seasons of us, and how we honor those seasons or how we don't honor those seasons. So this episode really comes from my own inner questioning of what did I do when the seasons started to fail? So I hope you stay tuned and I hope you really enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady podcast, the place to be to discover a deeper connection to your whole self. My name is Julie Hughes and I'm your host. This podcast is my answer to the deep connection of working with women for over two decades and seeing how similar our internal whispers are. I explore topics that shine a light on these whispers that women speak to me as a professional and bring a voice to it in this space. This podcast explores the whole of us and gives you real life mind, body, spirit tools to bring into your life to create more whole and alive from the inside out. You can find more about the work that I'm up to over on thelifecyclelady.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. So before I begin, I just want to give you a quick programming update. Uh, For those of you that follow me for this last year, um, you'll notice that I've been kind of absent for the last few weeks. Things, of course, are transitioning as they do as the fall season starts to approach and I've had a lot of transition in my own life. So my goal for this second season of this podcast, or the second year of this podcast, is that I'm going to go down to twice a month. So every other week, I will be sharing a new podcast, and in the off weeks, I'm gonna be over on my free community, the Life Cycle Community, and I'm gonna be sharing a live video or teaching, an embodiment practice, community gathering, something like that, And you can find it over on thelifecyclelady.com. Go ahead and click on community tab and it's under the free community. And like I said, you can join for free, especially if you enjoy my programming. And these ones will specifically be for more tools that I will teach live and in person and for having people be able to ask questions. So um, saying that, let's head into this episode. So this week I'm going to be sharing on this topic of rites of passage. I think I'm, I really want to start with this idea of um, what did I do when the season started to fail? I read recently a book called Nature and the Human Spirit. It is about, it's called Cultivating Wholeness and Community in a Fragmented World. And he had just a quote, I maybe you should check to see who this quote was from, but basically the idea is, what do you do when the seasons start to fail? And I think that this author was really pointing at the idea of seasons being, um, you know, the seasons around us. And as someone who works with women and, and girls in different life cycle seasons, I really took this on into our own seasons of our life, right? And so for me, 
in my viewpoint, and really in reality, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. It's not just my viewpoint. It's reality. In reality, if you look at the statistics around women's health in general, there is a lot of the breaking down of the seasons, right? There is a lot of disharmony and there's a lot of disease. There are one in 10 women that will have endometriosis. There is millions and millions of women that have polycystic ovarian syndrome. There are women all over the world that have fibroids. There are most women in this world are unfriendly or hate or have some sort of disease within their menstrual cycle. There is a lot going on in terms of disharmony and disease. And it can even be not just our menstrual cycles, but also how that impacts our our emotional health, right? We blame it on the hormones, but we don't take into account the whole picture of our bodies and how what we do and what we put in them and what we put in our, even think in our heads and kind of stress levels we're under, all of these sorts of things. So in my viewpoint, there's a lot of disharmony and disease, right? I'm surrounded by it because that's what who people come to me or a lot of women that come to me, it's also because there's just the statistics show it. It's everywhere. There's also a lot of control and manipulation around our natural seasons of life, right? So I would argue that this is actually showing that our internal seasons are failing. And there's a lot of different reasons why these seasons are failing. And I'm going to go over that in this podcast. And then I'm going to talk a lot about rites of passage and how this can be one way of of reckoning, honoring, reveling, and celebrating our life cycle seasons. Maybe even grounding. I use this word a lot, grounding, in what our life cycle seasons might be. So what I see these phases of life mostly puberty, pregnancy, perimenopause, menopause, right? What I see these phases of life to be are portals of transition, transformation, and growth. I would say that there is incredible nuggets of wisdom, nuggets of growth, of becoming more of who you actually are, of deepening into the wisdom of who you are and what you're meant to do here on this earth, right? And so I would call them, or in Chinese medicine, they would call them the golden stages of life, right? So there's necessary things to connect with at each stage of life and to discover in order to feel whole and move on to the next stage of life. There's really no age limit. There's no necessary like time when these transitions happen. When all of a sudden you can say, I am 19, I am in this next phase known as adulthood. I have, I'm done with puberty, right? There's actually, that is actually a fallacy we have. Or I think some people would actually say as soon as you start menstruating, right? You're done with puberty. That's a very common thought. Um, In actuality, you can move to the next phase, right? You can move into 19 without feeling whole and probably without kind of gaining what 
I will lay out as natural things and to uncover in each of these transition phases. You can move on, right? That happens to all of us. In fact, that happens way more than actually entering a new time period in a very whole way, right? A lot of us, a lot of us, myself included, went through, we'll start with puberty, right? That's the first major transition phase in life that we're aware of consciously from one side to the next. That is, we're aware of it and we actually, a lot of us, most of us move through it without feeling whole, right? I, I would argue that most of us move through it without even knowing really what's going on. Maybe somebody told us a little bit about hormones or our bodies were going to change, but there's not really that greater and deeper understanding of what's actually going on in terms of our psyche, our psycho-emotional health, just our wholeness of what we are, right? And I'm not trying to sugarcoat, I'm not trying to sugarcoat any of these stages of life. And in fact, there's a lot of death and rebirth that happens, and that can be incredibly uncomfortable. But I would, I would argue that most of us started off this transition phase without feeling very whole, right? I don't know about you, but when I went through puberty, nobody really told me much at all. I struggled a lot, um, both in my body, in my social circles, and in my spirit. And I very much disconnected from my body in lots of different ways. And it's taken me, right now I'm in perimenopause phase of my life, it's taken me a lot of decades to reconnect with those things that if I were able to have gone through that puberty, I would never have had to recover and reclaim them. Not saying that that's a bad thing. That's just the way my story is. I just think I know that we don't have, it doesn't have to be that way. I know that the more we can ground our youth in the realities of these phases, the more we can surround them and as a container and let them be free, but be that container. And I'll talk a lot more about this, but that they can come through these stages a lot more connected, a lot more whole, and a lot more powerful feeling, right? Because what happens is we get this messaging from our larger culture about these stages of life. This is where the breakdown, one of the major breakdowns in the failing of the seasons of our life. There is very much this idea in Western society, particularly American society, although not exclusively, that we love the spring and summer of life. We love the expansion, right? We always talk about our economy is expanding and this is expanding and it's growing and all of these sorts of things. We want to be these sorts of people. We want to grow. We want to do, do, do. We want to accomplish, 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 right? This is like the value of our society. I'm not saying it's not valuable. I'm just saying that this is the main focus, right? And so we value this spring and summer phase of life. We value it so much that most of us want to live in this phase forever, right? Particularly that summer, 
that time period of life where we're very much in the doing mode, where we have a lot of time and energy to put towards creating or accomplishing, right? And so people in older ages of life, we are doing all of the things to try and stay physically, physically our bodies, to try and keep us in this spring phase of life. We don't like the gray hair. We don't like the wrinkles that are coming. We don't like the natural slowing down of our body. Not disease, just a natural slowing down of our body, right? And so we, we try a lot to get out of that. For younger people, they try a lot to be in that more um, trying to look older, right? That's often a thing, trying to be in this more summer phase of life. There's like this sweet spot in life that we all want to be at, no matter what stage we're at. And you see it all the time. You see it in social media. You see it in magazines. You see it in TV shows. It's just something that is very much modeled for us. And some of us buy into it more than others. And some of us are influenced by it more than others. And some of us who think we're very much aware of these things are still very unconsciously influenced by it, right? That I definitely comes up in my own life of like, oh, I thought I thought I had gotten this. And then I'm like, oh, and then this is coming up, right? So the messaging we get from this larger culture about the stages of life is not a whole lot. We get the lack of honoring and a lack of service to or speaking about or understanding of the stages of our life. There's very little conversation about it. And in fact, if you were to look up, like if you were to search on Google Images or something, search the word perimenopause, you would be inundated with photo after photo after photo after photo of women in front of fans, women holding their head, women feeling just looking horrible, right? Just looking horrible and feeling like they're miserable. If you were to search on Google Images on puberty, you would again see very similar images, very withdrawn images of teens. You would see a lot of... Um, you know, the physical symptoms kind of things that we think about, you would see a lot of that. If you were to Google image menstrual cycle, you'd see a lot of women holding their wounds. You would see a lot of pain and red over like our, our ovaries. You would see a lot of these kinds of images. There's not very many positive. In, I mean, I, I really encourage you to do it because it's one thing that I was very shocked in the work that I do, I do a lot of image searching so that when I put out podcasts or blog posts or just any sort of imaging, I go searching and I'm always like, well, I don't want to put out any of these images. This isn't really what I'm talking about. Not saying that there's not some pain involved in any of these things or that these symptoms don't actually exist. It's just that is not, we are not just physical symptoms. That is not what these stages of life are all about. But it is the images that we see. We also get a real lack of awareness around it. I mean, I don't know how many people I that I meet say, I don't even know. It used to be, I'm a midwife. It used to be decades ago when I first was studying midwifery, 25 years ago, people would uh, say, I don't know what a midwife is. What's a midwife? Now, most people know what a midwife is. Um, 
now it is, I don't know what perimenopause is. What, what the heck is that? What, 35? I'm in perimenopause? I had no idea what that was, right? So there's just a lack of awareness around it. There's a lack of teaching around puberty, around not just the physical and the stupid hormone part of puberty. That is part of it, but it's so, so, so much more, right? And we just have this lack of awareness around it. As adults, we don't have a whole lot to go on because nobody really talked to us. Probably you haven't sat down and pondered it much. Maybe once you start to have your own kids and they start going through it, it's more of like, huh, maybe I should know something about this phase of life, right? But, but most of us just really don't have a lack of awareness. That It just hasn't come up for us, right? We went through it. Who wants to talk about it? That's probably more what I often hear. It's just like, who wants to talk about that stuff? That's Those aren't just, those are like topics of conversation that are very hidden, that are very secretive, that are very like in your own head that you haven't talked to other parents about or other women about. It's like, it just, it's like there's a lot of shame and secrecy that's not even really named around our life stages. Right? There's not even a very, there's not very much of like, oh, I'm in this life stage. Of course I'm feeling like this. It's like, well, I don't even know what this life stage is typically feels like, right? And not that we're all these automatons that all have these exact same experiences, but there are specific things that happen at different life stages that are very, very normal. And I would say that culturally that has become very, very skewed. Because what's normal now is for girls in puberty to have periods, to hate periods, to start on a birth control pill, right? To control their natural flow, right? And then when we move into pregnancy, it's like this really hard thing that most of us hate. And then we go to a hospital and we get put on some sort of pain meds. There's no judgment in this. This is just what happens, right? that it's something to be controlled, and then motherhood, and it's just all of the things, right? You, you get where this line is going, right? So our lack of a focus on our development replaces it with less meaningful outer measurements of it, right? Because we don't focus on our inner development. We don't talk about our inner development. We don't know what that's supposed to even look like. And it is really replaced with less meaningful outer measurements. So for a maybe a rite of passage, we would call it the sweet 16, right? Which is just like a party with friends, costs lots of money, there's lots of presents, maybe there's some <coughs> illegal alcohol involved or something like that, right? There's nothing wrong with parties, but there is something wrong with a lack of honoring this phase of life right a lack of it's not getting the full picture let's just say that we're not getting the full picture and we're not giving that to our kids and we're not giving them a way to come out feeling whole connected and we're not you'll see what I'm talking about in the rite of passage what it could look like right so I want to stay a little streamlined because I I'm known to get off track so I do want to ground us in the the reality that the passage between any two stages of life is a psycho-spiritual death and rebirth experience. There is a loss and a gain for each person, and probably there's a loss and a gain for 
us as a like a family or us as a community, right? Because that person will change. They will no longer be the same. And there is some piece of a loss there. And what they grow into is a gain, right? So because of our relationship with and our knowledge of and desire for comfortability in our society, it is no wonder that people are not positive about their transitions because it's not often a comfortable process. It's not. It's, there's often a hesitation. Sometimes there's a crisis that facilitates that transition, right? It's like, Right, the midlife crisis, the one that we're all probably pretty familiar with. Somebody quits a job, somebody quits a marriage, somebody buys a car, somebody like there's some sort of things that happen to facilitate a breakdown and then therefore a transition or a breakthrough. Right? For kids, that might look like some pretty big rebellious behavior that will cause them hopefully not to go too far that it really damages them, right? Long term but that there is some sort of rebelling. And I would argue that true knowledge of and true connection with these actual phases of life and rites of passage help this transition so that it doesn't feel like a crisis, but it feels like an awakening. So that we feel contained and held that we have some sort of knowledge and it doesn't make it not comfortable still. There's some sort of like intensity that comes within it. But even as somebody who's given birth for four times, right, there is an intensity, a great intensity in labor. When that intensity is worked with, when it's understood, when you have some tools for it, in my experience, it can be incredibly transformative, and even, dare say, pleasurable, right? There can be some sort of a rebirth in that that's actually fun, even, right? So no matter what your experience is, I do want you to hear me that we have a lack of desire of, or a great desire, I should say, for comfortability in our society. Like our whole entire society as American culture is built around it, right? And so when we go to these uncomfortable places, we often pull away from them, we numb, we try to get out of it, and it's literally pushing against something that's naturally wanting to happen. So let's talk about the phases. So puberty is, let's, let's talk about the ego first, right? Let's, let's ground ourselves as I talk about puberty and this idea of an ego. So for the purposes of this conversation, an ego is a fragment of our psyche, right? That is observing the rest of itself from a distance. So the ego is very much a part of us, right? We are one whole being. And the ego is very, very present and also very immature in puberty. So the main focus as a young person enters puberty is that shift the shift from the family as the center to a larger space in the outer world, right? There's space in it and there's social standings, right? So what I mean is like before puberty, the focus is all about the family, the family center or your people, right? Your community. 
When you enter puberty, the shift, the main focal point, no longer is the family. It shifts very drastically, and for some of us, it can feel like overnight from that family to the larger out of world or to their social setting, right? And in particularly their place in that social setting, who they are as a social being, who they are in relationship to their social peers, and who are they? So a whole person comes out of puberty with a very good balance between authenticity of who they are and also social being able to be socially accepted, right? To know that line of when they show up in those social situations and also to how to be authentic in them their own self and in social situations. So they seek out social peers who help them. And sometimes this is a journey, right? It's not like a A to B destination but they seek out peers who help them find that authenticity. They like try them on. It's like back in the days when we used to try on clothes, right? When they were like toddlers and they were doing all the costume changes. That's like an actual exploration of who they are. It's like they dress up in different styles. They have different ways of speaking. They have different music. They have different friends. And sometimes they change all the time because they're seeking out who they are and who they are in relationship to peers. They are undergoing a search as well as a building up of their ego. They're helping their ego become more mature. So there's a law of natural exploration of who they are. And that looks really confusing to us as adults sometimes, especially when maybe no one held the space for us in that way. Maybe it was like, no, you do this, then you do this, and then you do that, and that is the way it is. And it's like you were put in this box and you didn't really fit that box, but you were quite, you loved your family and you were obedient or I don't know, all of the different things, right? So, so that can look kind of challenging sometimes as parents, right? Because the kids, they do this expansion, contraction, and rebirth cycle, right? I have a podcast on this, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but you can... You can go back into some of my podcast archives and look at the expansion, contraction, rebirth cycle for teens, right? So when they are contracting, they often go into this kind of this underworld or this searching, as we call it, right? And so much of culture calls it their hormones or teenagers, and we like brush it off. And in reality, it is actually part of their death, that like eye rolling, that moroseness, that like that deep introversion, that like their inner goth kind of thing, that is, or whatever that looks like for your kiddo, it kind of is the part of that death process that needs to occur in order for them to be reborn as an adult, right? And that does not happen overnight. It happens in cycles. It's like little pulses. They'll go within, they'll kind of, in that deep underworld, find some part of them, and then they'll come back out and be reborn, right? They contract, they go within, and they often push away. They're looking deep within for their place and they don't always have words for it. And they aren't always held much or given much importance in our culture, right? We just really brush off this deep inner struggle that's going on. And we, they don't always know because no one has even told them that like this is part of it. They're just part, they're, it's part of them finding out who they're going to be, right? And sometimes we don't even give them space to find out who they could be, right? So eventually they defeat or, I don't know, they grow 
they grow out of their adolescent personality, right? And they're able to continue to dig into who this new personality is in each growth and rebirth cycle is getting them closer to that. And sometimes we can feel like, I don't know, I have several kids in this phase of life. It can feel like all of a sudden they're toddlers, right? And they, it's like they're, they're reckoning with those different parts of them and they're slowly able to let them go, right? So there's often really little holding of this transition and there's a lack of, there's just a lack of understanding of it. Because most of us parents were not held well in this transition and we have a lot of woundings from that and it can bring that up for us. And then you add into the mix like the actual reality of hormones. And in our society, we have all of these things in our environment that make hormones so much less balanced. And, you know, when they're first starting and they're pulsing hormones, they're supposed to be out of balance. But then we have all of these things contributing to an even greater lack of balance. And it makes it really, really hard for this natural death and rebirth to begin because there's so many things that are going through. And so I'm going to talk in just a minute about uh, the rite of passage and how this can be one tool to help, right? So what about pregnancy? Pregnancy is a huge rebirth, right? But in our culture, we often focus on the baby. We focus on the physical health. We focus on, I don't know, there's more of a focus on the birth and what we want the birth to look like but we really don't focus so much on what is like being brought up this kind of the same idea of expansion, contraction and rebirth for the woman, for the family. And there's a very little connection with what this actually means, right? There's, there's like a lot of, again, that idea of because there's a lack of understanding on the outer space, the or the inner space, the outer space, the outer celebrations are, you know, baby showers where we get all the things. Not saying we don't need some of the things. It's just that there is an opportunity that we're missing. And so there is more and more people probably doing these, you know, baby blessing ways and things like that to really honor the space of the mother and of the woman and who she's becoming. Because in that nine months, again, you can throw this whole idea of hormones out there. But it is so much more than the hormones. And we blame it on the hormones. We blame the emotional breakdowns on the hormones. We blame all the things on the hormones. When in reality, there's something so much deeper that's trying to come up to be seen. Right? It's that underworld trying to be seen. Trying to have us gain the knowledge of, right? And so in perimenopause, again, we focus on all the bads. We focus on the lack of youth. We focus on all the physical things that can happen. Uh, in this phase of life, we actually come to know our own soul deeper. That's, that's our purpose. And in order to get here, we need to have traversed our own inner psyche and we need to have traversed the wilds of the world to be able to arrive at our soul's purpose and really become more in alignment. And a lot of us have crises to get us here, right? We often have breakdowns of who we think we are, who we thought we were, who we thought we were going to be. And we have to arrive at and be honest with who we are here right now and what we picked up along the way that was not us. 
That is a very big one in this phase. What we picked up along the way that is not us, that was maybe our family of origin, that was maybe our culture, that is not really who we are. And it, it gets harder as you get older to become new, right? To, I, I often tell this story of Grasper. I think I've told it several times on these podcasts, but if you're new here or even if you're not, it's such a lovely story, I'll tell it again. Grasper is a children's book story, and I'm just going to give a really quick synopsis because we're getting on here in this podcast. But it's basically about a crab who, if you didn't know, crabs molt. They lose their shells once they grow big enough, and they are kind of shellless for a while before they grow back. And while they're shellless, they can get bigger, right? And so the idea is this this, uh, crab, small crab, was on the bottom of the ocean scrounging for food with a bunch of other crabs. His shell breaks open and he, for the first time, kind of like a puberty situation, and he's like, what's going on? Who am I? Where am I? Whoa, what's this world about? Is there something bigger out there for me? And he goes out and about in the world and he sees all these things. And then he's like, I have to go back to those crabs and tell them what's out there. And he comes back and they all think that he's crazy. And then his shell starts to harden again and he thinks, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe I was crazy. So eventually along down his years, he molts again, he loses his shell again, and he remembers all that he saw the first time, and so he goes out to try and explore this world again, right, and so every time he's getting bigger and bigger, and so one of the things in our society is that as we get older, we tend to get smaller and smaller, we don't like to try new things, we get kind of set in our ways, we have these sayings that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, which is bullshit, if you ask me. But it takes courage, and it takes a lot of honesty, and it takes a going within and a lack of numbing, meaning a getting uncomfortable with ourselves, to take time for ourselves, and to arrive at who we are in this new phase of life, to have that rebirth happen, And to be comfortable with, we're not a 21-year-old girl anymore, and we're not going to look like it, and we're not going to feel like it, and it feels very different, and our our society doesn't value it very much. But damn it, we can value ourselves, right? And so what does that look like? How can you serve in that new space? And so this all arrives at the conclusion of what is a rites of passage, right? It is a passage between two phases, phases, a death and a rebirth, right? It is important, but it is not a magic pill that makes a child into an adult or an adult into a wise elder. It's just really important for the recognition of the growth, right? It's incredibly important. It's really important, especially when that push-pull struggle for change is really noticeable. It's kind of like back to that Grasper story. It can be a catalyst for that change. The rite of passage can be a catalyst for the change. It is... So let's talk about puberty, right? So this is that first transition phase in life where the individual has that conscious awareness of both sides of the passage. They remember who they were before and they're now aware of who they're going to be. Before that, I would say that we don't have much conscious self-awareness of that passage, right? So this can 
having a rite of passage can really help the larger community with their expectations and grounding in who this person is and who they may need, what they may need and who they're becoming, right? It helps, it helps the individual who's going through it have more pride and confidence. And it's simply an initiation into an adulthood. It does not mean you are now an adult, right? It's not, I went through a rite of passage and now I'm an adult simply an initiation into adulthood. And so it, it can look a lot of different ways. There's no specific time. Again, it's kind of like when you see that grasper sort of things happening. And so one of those things might be like a push and pull with maybe childhood toys, right? This is something I saw in my own kiddo. It was like, slowly things started to be given away, but we were hanging on to some dolls. And so the one part of childhood could look like helping them, being very intentional and helping them prep. So this could be like a pre-prep for the rite of passage. It could be up a year in advance, right? A putting away of childhood things. Like what are you going to keep to give to maybe their own kids or to someone else? What are you going or? What are you going to store, like give away and what are you going to <coughs> store, right? So that really is helpful for the child. That's like a huge sig signifier because our toys are like almost who we are when we're kids, right? It's who, what we're into. It's what we play with. It's kind of how we identify in a lot of ways. And so when they get to that point, kind of a pre-prep for a rite of passage would be a putting away a very intentional going through what we're keeping, what we're getting rid of, and it's kind of very symbolic of who we're becoming, right? And it can be very challenging, it can be very hard, and it can be very sad, but also really wanted. It's this very interesting thing of what we want and what we want to give away. It's very interesting to watch kids go through this. So at some point, we'll do a rite of passage it could be it could be a specific year. Most of the time it is more of a leading up to. Like you could tell it's probably a year away, right? Especially when these sorts of things start to happen. For girls, I would actually say it's around 12 or 13. Some girls are going to be older. I wouldn't say it's probably a lot sooner than that. For boys, I would say that it might be a little bit older, right? And so what this rite of passage is, is it is a gathering. It is a gathering of community, of loved ones, and a really big space is held for who this person is becoming. So it would be great, again, with pre-prep, maybe for this person to meet with a group of elders that they really love, like family members or parents, friends that they love, to kind of just ground themselves and talk about what this phase of life is, what this transition is, and have them ask questions about it. It could be with their own parents. It tends to be at this age that mm, naturally parents' words start to... It's helpful to have others echoing what the parents are saying. Let's just say that. That's natural, right? doesn't make what you're saying any less than. <coughs> it just means that it's helpful to have others around echoing similar words. It's also really good for them as they don't want to turn to you because they're naturally trying to break away from you and it's so hard from them. It's really good to have other people around that they can go to, especially ones that may hold similar ideas as you. 
So having that kind of pre-prep of that conversation, maybe there's a hike, maybe there's several hikes, maybe there's like a fostering of that relationship leading up to an actual rite of passage ceremony where there is there is a celebration of who this person is becoming. It could look like a ritual, a crossing from one side to another. It could look like, obviously, there's going to, there's often gifts. The gifts, to me, could be the kids giving the parents something, thanking them for what they're raising them up to this point has meant. Probably an art project or a poem or a writing. Um, the parents would also be giving the child a gift. Probably some a group of elders would be coming together to give the child a gift. Um, oftentimes there is there's a physical element. So in our family, there is a backpacking trip that is so there is a multi-layered rite of passage, right? So for us, there is a backpacking trip. So there's some sort of physical. Um, exertion required, a pushing of the child in a physical sense, as well as an emotional and spiritual sense. On our backpacking trips, we also have the kids stay out on their own for a day or several hours, so like a solo experience. So you're kind of seeing where I'm going with this. This rite of passage is incredibly, incredibly important. It helps them feel proud. It helps them feel more sure of themselves. Um, it helps lead to more adventures. So we did this with my my son and the backpacking trip in particular, as well as some of the other rites of passage. The backpacking trip and the strength that he gained from that allowed him to go on a adventure on his own for three weeks to Canada, where he took part in a leadership experience where him and eight other people that he did not know canoed down a river and carried the canoes and all that that took right? And it took him getting on an airplane by himself without me. It took him going to another country, right? It gave him enough confidence for him to keep pushing himself to experiences that satisfy that who am I as an authentic individual? Who am I in a social setting? And how can I continue to grow into feeling more of an adult, right? Having adventures, and they're out there. This was even, it doesn't matter how much money you have. We, this was a, we had a scholarship. We applied for a leadership scholarship, right? There, there's so many opportunities out there for this. It's just about searching for it. I don't think I'm going to go into other what rites of passages could look like for perimenopause and pregnancy, other than that they're incredibly important. They're very similar, right? I'm sure you can hear a framework send me a message if you want more ideas. Maybe I'll do a future podcast on it, but I want to, we're, we're nearing an hour mark in this podcast and I try to keep them shorter so that you can all listen to them. Um, so I just want to reiterate that they, that these, the knowledge, the reason why I spent so much time in this podcast on knowing what these gifts are, knowing that there's uncomfortability, knowing that there's a gift and rebirth and is that that is so important. That is not the magic pill of the rite of passage. The rite of passage is not a magic pill. It is just another space holder for this transition. And it can really be a catalyst for when things seem a little dodgy or like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. It can really be, it can really help give that confidence, give that pride, give that grounding and give that, um, what do I want to say? Give that 
I guess I want to say like courage to keep moving forward, to keep searching for and entering into that new phase. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about what I offer, how I'm up to, what I'm up to, how I serve people, if you want to join in that free community um, where I do lots of embodiment tools, nervous system support, and talk more about the cycles of life, um, you can head over to thelifecyclelady.com. I will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye.